What's going on, people? Welcome back, welcome back. Yes, another, yes, yes. Another episode here with myself, Lex. And Shubs. And today we've got a very special guest. His record speaks for himself. We've got the one and only, Toby Alabi. Good evening, good evening. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Thank you for coming on the podcast, bro. Could you just give a quick introduction to who you are, what you do, and just a bit about yourself? I feel like that's always a very awkward, question, yeah, awkward thing to be told to do. <laughs> you know what I mean, um... Yeah, like you said, I'm Toby Olavi. Um, and what do you want to know? So what do you do? Who are you? No, it's like before, yeah, kind of what you do and how you how you got into it. Okay. Um, so currently I'm a football agent. Um, and how I got into it is, like we were saying outside, like so many people want to play football, um, which I did. And I played for Millwall. For 11 years And then My career was cut short When I was 19 Because I had a cardiac arrest So From there There were so many things That happened between Me stopping Playing football And starting my career As a football agent um, Within like a Three year period It was like a crazy Three year period But Yeah I, I started And I haven't looked back since Stop, dope, dope. So how are you kind of So From playing football To like you said, that those three years, what was kind of that transition like? Like how were you able to find something that you could fully apply yourself to? Because now you're on the other side. Whilst you were kind of um, playing football, did you always have like a business acumen or were you always kind of entrepreneurial? Nah, that not at all. Mm. I feel like um, in life I've been two different people. Yeah. Um, I think when you, when you experience things that, like completely change your life are out of your control. I think your focus and your mentality shifts with it. Mm-hmm. I think because I was so young, like I was I was just about to turn 20 when um my incident happened, all I'd known is football. Because mm-hmm. you grow up, you you are known as a football player from young, you are obsessed with the dream of mm-hmm. achieving being a footballer. So that's all you think about. It's funny because I, I took business in school and I got like a U. Mm. That was mm. terrible. But you lot were like college to like 16 right then, everything was football. Everything was football from yeah. five to Bruh. 19. Mm-hmm. Like, obviously I'm from a Nigerian household, so mm-hmm. I had to get my, you get school, me, the, yeah. the, the core, mm-hmm. the core um, subjects. But other than that, there, there wasn't really a focus on anything other than football. Mm-hmm. Um, so when I stopped playing, it, I, was in, I was in trouble, man. I was like, what am I going to do? Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? Like, genuinely, I didn't know what I was going to do in my life. I didn't know how I was going to make money. I didn't know mm-hmm. how I was going to sustain the lifestyle that I had. Mm-hmm. Because, like I said, it's, you're in a bubble. Like, when you play football, you're in a bubble. Yeah. You're genuinely in a bubble. It's so, yeah. it's so tough to explain. But even now, when I look at my clients, I just look at some of them and I'm like... Especially the young ones. Mm-hmm. Like, I can't wait for you to hit 20, mm-hmm. 21, and we can start having some serious conversations yeah, yeah, yeah. about, do you know what I mean? Um, so, yeah, that's why it was really difficult. And then, obviously, the, the the mental aspect of dealing with the loss of your career um, and then having to find something new was really tough. That was mm-hmm. a tough transition. Can you imagine? Um, but ultimately, I think 
you, you asked if I'd, if I'd always had business acumen. I, I didn't, but I'd always had just an inner desire to mm-hmm. succeed. Mm-hmm. And I think when you have that and you can like self-motivate yourself, I think it always helps because when you're thrown in different scenarios, you're just always ready to, mm. yeah. to, to fight to get out. For sure, for so, sure. So like, tell us the process of, you know, you had your incident, kind of you didn't know what to do, which you kind of briefly explained, but how did you actually get into being a football agent? Yeah, did you shadow someone or did you just get... A, was Is there courses or what's kind of the process? Nah, so I remember when I was first approached to to be an agent, to work with an agency, um, I had no interest in it. Man. Oh, so you were approached? Yeah, oh, nice. I had zero interest in it because I... Um, and I had a really bad experience with my agent when I was young. So I just, I didn't really understand what agents did and therefore I had no interest in it. But one of my good friends um, is Hector Bellerin, based on Arsenal. And um, like, because we were always together, I would always see his agent. Bearing in mind, his agent lives in Spain. Okay. So one day I said to him, I was like, have you not got any other clients? Why are you always here? Mm. As uh, like, it was truth and jest, didn't it? Yeah. And I was like, oh no, this is how I am with all of my players. But this guy's like integrated into the family. So I'm like, okay, cool. That's really interesting. So I was just observing, observing. Then one day he says to me, he says, you you know so many players. Why don't you come and work with me? So I was like, all right, cool. I'll give it a go. I didn't know what I was doing. I remember I went to a game and I'm, and I'm standing there and watching it. I think it was Norwich. I was watching Norwich against Arsenal or something like that, under 16s. And I'm standing there. I'm like, okay, yeah, sick. But what do I do now? <laughs> like legit, I was like, what do I do now? And um, obviously he was based in Spain um, and he couldn't really give me the education that I needed. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So I did it for like another three months and then I stopped. Mm. I was like, I ain't doing this no more, man. Mm. That's long. Mm. I, I, I was spending money I didn't have to go to games yeah. and asking my mom for petrol money to go here, there and everywhere. And um, then, yeah, I just stopped. And I think, so I did that for about three months. Then like six months after that, I don't know what happened, but something, there was just a trigger. I had a certain conversation with a friend of mine mm. and it was a trigger and I was like, do you know what? I'm going to give it another go. And then that's what happened. We started to try and get investment to start okay. an agency. But again, you can't get investment to start an agency that doesn't exist because mm-hmm. there's no capital yeah. in, mm. the, in the business. So, um, so yeah, from there... We met a guy who had left a big company and was going to another company. And he was like, why don't you just come and work with us at this company? Um, and that company's called Base Soccer. So they're one of the biggest agencies in, mm. in the world because they've got so many, so many players. So, probably over 300 oh, clients, wow. which is crazy. Um, and for me, the, the goal was always to go in, learn what I can, and take then it take it out. And I kind of set myself a two-year two window to do that. And I lasted there for seven months. Seven months? Yeah. Too hungry. Why seven months? Because there's, there's, a, there's a number of reasons, man. How long have you got? I think initially, what really surprised me was the amount of people that didn't know what they were doing. Mm-hmm. That had been in the industry for a long time. So I, I think that in my industry, the only way to really judge how good somebody is is by how long they've been doing it and what they've achieved in that period of time. Yeah. So I'm, I'm two months in and I'm speaking to people 
and they're like, yeah, I'm 15 years in this and I've done 10 years here and I was, and I'm like, yeah, but we're, we're going after the same clients. Mm-hmm. That, to me, that doesn't make sense. Like, mm-hmm. if I'm in the game for 15 years, I should be competing with people like Mino, mm-hmm. Rayola, and George Mendes because I should have done enough in that yeah, 15 years yeah. to put me on that, that level. So sure. that was kind of the first red flag. And then the second red flag was when there was a Brazilian youth international I saw playing in England. Mm-hmm. And long story short, but we just got connected and we were talking, talking, talking. And then I was like, I think I can sign this guy. He doesn't have an agent. And everybody in the company was like, Brazilians are all like this. They said they don't have an agent. Mm. You do the work and you find out they do. And I'm like, nah, I genuinely think this guy doesn't have an agent. Mm. So this is this is um, Phil Foden, Sancho, Hudson Adoy, mm. Rian Brewster, that mm. England team yeah. when it was the under 17 World Cup. So England got Brazil in the semi finals mm-hmm. of the World Cup. So I was like, you lot, I'm going. Yeah. It was in India. I was yeah. like, I've been speaking to his dad. Um, the dad asked me if I'm going to the semis. I said, yes. I'm like, well, why did you say yes? Because I don't know. I did, I did, yeah, that's what I was yeah, like. Yeah. They're like, I'll just say yes. I was like, ah. <laughs> so, um, so then they're like, well, you can't go. And I was uh, like, what do you mean I can't go? They're like, well, we're not paying for you to go to India. You're not going to sign this kid. I said, okay, cool. This is going to happen. I will go. I'll use my money to go. And then when I sign him, you have to give me, it was like a bet. Like, okay. You have to give me double back. Was it very competitive? Like, uh, when, you, when you were working there? Ish. I'll explain why I said ish okay. shortly. Cool. But so yeah, that that was that was the situation. And then they still didn't want me to go, but I went anyway. Mm. So again, I was like, Mom, can you lend me like two bills? And I was like, sis, can you give me two bills? My brother, can you lend me? Do you know what I mean? And then um, yeah, I went. His dad was so happy that I was there. He was so happy I was there. And then he was like, bro, I really want to sign with you. This guy's from Brazil, by the way. This is how it talks. He's like, bro, mm. I really want to sign with mm. you. Mm. Da, da, da. And then I'm FaceTiming his dad. His dad can't speak English. I can't speak Portuguese yeah, at that yeah, point. Yeah. So um, he's like translating between the three. It's like 2 a.m. in India. Because I flew there. Because I had because I was paying for it. <laughs> <laughs> I paid for the flats. But I, I couldn't pay for the hotel room, innit? <laughs> so, Hustler. So I flew to India. Yeah. At the hotel they were staying at, I stayed in. I had my suitcase, everything. And then we're, we're sitting in the lounge. Obviously, the England boys are there as well, and I know some of them. So mm. I were chilling, we're talking. And then my flight back to London is at like 8 a.m. So I didn't really need to sleep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. they've gone upstairs. Bye. We finished talking. And then I'm, I'm messaging back in. I think India's... Way ahead of us in terms of time mm-hmm. or behind, one of the two. But I messaged him like, Yeah, I met him, we spoke, da 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 da. And then they were like, Okay, cool. Did you sign him? I was like, Nah. Like, okay. So mm-hmm. from where I'm, I'm having like a good feeling about the conversation yeah. we just had. Yeah. The boys that's buzzing, and they're like, Well, you didn't sign him. So I'm like, All right, say nothing. So I get back to England, <laughs> and the boys that messaged me, it's like, Oh, it'll be great if you could come out to meet us and sit down with us. So I'll go in again and like, Yo. This is the message. They want to send. They don't have an agent. Let's get it done. They're like, no. Mm-hmm. So again, 
But these times I had a credit card, didn't it? Okay. So first time I ever got a credit card. <laughs> so I'm like, ah, I can have a hotel room this time. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so went to Brazil by myself. Didn't speak any Portuguese. There was a tournament. And again, long story short, I was with the dad for four days straight. Mm. And for two out of those four days, it was just me and the dad. Mm. Google Translate is a beautiful thing sometimes. Mm. Google Translate is mad. Yeah, it's a beautiful thing, man. So by the end of those four days... The dad agreed to sign, the boy signed, mm. and we got it locked in. And this is the third red flag that was like, this don't really make sense because I'm thinking, this is amazing. I've yeah. done this for three months. I've signed the Brazilian Youth International. Like, Brazilian players, are, they're the creme de la creme. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So I get back to England and I'm like, boom, there's the rep contract. Done. Oh, you, you did it. Yeah, did it. Like, oh, that's good. I'm thinking they're going to be like, that's amazing. Yeah. Well done. Yeah. After like, all your efforts. Yeah. And I'm like, okay, cool. You know, there's a saying, they say, um, be mindful of those that don't clap when you win. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. So, so for me, that was like, okay. Word, word, word. I see word. that. <laughs> <laughs> I see that one. And then the final straw, this one's a long story, so I'll just cut it really short. But the final straw is when um, a Russian agent asked me to help him move a player from CSK Moscow to Monaco. And they invited us out to um, to the game when they were playing against Arsenal in the Europa League. And words got back to them that I was basically setting everything up, which I was doing in the right way. Mm-hmm. And then because one of the guys looked after someone who's an, an important person in Russian football, he just went mad. Mm-hmm. And then they were like, your job is to recruit players, not to speak to clubs. Mm-hmm. So I was like, okay. So you're not supporting me when I need the support. Mm. When I do well, you're not sharing me love. Mm. Yeah. And when I'm trying to aim higher, you're saying stay in your position. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I said the next day, next week, sorry, I gave them my, my letter mm-hmm. of resignation mm-hmm. and I left. So that, mm. that, that all happened in the space of seven months. Yeah. And from there, you just been doing your own thing? Yeah, from there, I, I left. I was scared, man. Because mm-hmm. I was like, yo, you're leaving an agency where you get paid every month. Mm. Now you're going to go back to having zero money and you don't have clients that are going to make you money. Yeah. But I was like, you know what? Fuck it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I just went, I man. So, so yeah, I made a jump and thankfully I've got a, a lot of people around me that I have forged good relationship with, mm-hmm. relationships with at that time. Mm-hmm. And I'm... I'm not against learning. Like, I think yeah. any, anybody can teach you anything. For sure, mm. for sure. Do you know what I mean? So, good. I'd, I'd pick up the phone to anyone and say, oh, do you know how to do this? Mm-hmm. Can you introduce me to this person? Da, da, da. Um, and yeah, just it just grew from there. So I think this is... I went to base in the summer of 2017. I left base in May 2018. And then I officially set up my company in January 2019. So mm-hmm. it was like a six-month mm-hmm. period where... I was doing bits, I was still working, I was still grafting, yeah. but the, the structure, structure wasn't there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and then, yeah, that's, I answered your question in a really, really no, it's, it's, way. Well, no, amazing it's solid story, it's still amazing, needed that. Amazing. I got, I got a question here, so let's say, cool, tomorrow I wake up, decide I want to be a football agent. How do I do that? It's, it's funny because a lot of people say it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And the first thing I ever say to anybody is, are you desperate for money right now? Because mm-hmm. yeah. if you are, don't do it. Mm-hmm. Like if if your if your motivator for being an agent is to make money, mm. but in that current period of time, 
you're desperate for money and you think being an agent now is going to make you money now, mm-hmm. don't it? I yeah. think that's for all businesses, to be honest. Like, yeah. It is. I'd agree. Mm. Yeah. I'd agree. But, uh, to, to some extent, Like t-shirts, no. But like, do you know what I mean? Yeah, I think, I think with some industries, you it's slow, but you might see a £50 this month. Mm. You might see a £200 the next yeah. month. Mm-hmm. Then you might see another £50. Then it might be, right, oh, this month I made £500. Yeah. Mm. Then it's like a bag. Do you know what I mean? But mm-hmm. you literally make no money. Yeah, how does As the, a football agent. Just, yeah, how, just in terms of transparency, how does the payment structure work in kind of agencies? Because so, I know there's some deals that you can make that can really bring the red in. But also, <laughs> like you said, it's not all the time as well. So how's the payment kind of structure in the football agency world? So this is the first thing that spun me mm. when I when I when I started because when I signed my first player, it's it's weird. It's just something you don't think about. When when I signed my first player, I was buzzing and then I was like, ah, but I'm not gonna get paid for signing that player. So you, so don't, you don't get no commission? No. Hmm? Jesus. Even when you're working for a company? No. Okay. When you do a deal for that player, yeah, then you get paid. Okay. So when you say a deal, obviously, like I'm not, my knowledge on football is very minimal. Yeah, you know what I'm yeah. saying I'm still referring to like Rude and Nistor, cool scores, bro. <laughs> so like when you say a deal, is that is that for example negotiating a move or a transfer? Yeah, so yeah. it could be a transfer or contract renegotiation mm-hmm. or commercial deal. Yeah, yeah. Do you know what I mean? So a commercial be like yeah, Nike, like a, Coke, like a brand partner. Yeah, yeah, cool. yeah. yeah. Mm. Could be anything mm-hmm. like, yeah. for example, on the way here, I was speaking to the guys at Pepsi because we're doing a deal for one of my players with Pepsi. Mm-hmm. So that's that kind of yeah. thing. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? So until you do one of those three things, you're not seeing a penny. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So the work just starts as soon as you sign them. That's actually when you start working. It's not even when the money starts coming. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Wow. Makes sense. And then that's you crazy. kind of negotiate a percentage that works well for you both after. So the... You, the way the way it should work is that you get the club to pay your commission, not the player. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The club will always pay your commission unless they don't rate your player. And if the club doesn't rate your player, then you shouldn't be sending mm-hmm. your player there. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? For sure. So so yeah, like they say the set the set guide guide number is five percent okay. of whatever the player's salary is. Sometimes it's five percent. Sometimes it's twenty five. Yeah, not for sure. Depends how good your player is. Mm -hmm. Mm. And then also, do you kind of so is that like do you get that off their salary or off how much you get signed for and stuff like that? It can work both ways. Okay, it can work both ways. You can, you can. For example, there's a there's a club, there's a European club that's asked me to help them sell a player, and he's not my client, Mm -hmm. but they will pay me ten. Percent. Well, they said five, but I'm gonna get ten. Mm-hmm. They, they they'll pay. They said five percent of the transfer fee. They'll pay to me as a as a fee. Mm-hmm. So that's one way. Yeah. And the other way is you get the, the percentage of the overall contract. So if the overall contract is worth ten, then you get five percent of mm-hmm. ten. Mm-hmm. But that five percent is paid over the duration of the contract. Okay. Makes sense. I get you. Makes sense. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So about like, got like, for example, goal bonuses and that. Can that be negotiated in there as well? Or? For the agent? Yeah. No. Oh. That's just for the player. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, that's just for the player. Cool. Okay, so that makes sense. So also in terms of skills, so like we're hearing stuff like negotiation, yeah. stuff like that. What kind of skills would you say are imperative to, to be a really good agent? I 
think being being a being an agent is it's hard, but it's not hard. I, I don't know how to explain it. Like, if you do the work, mm-hmm. it's not hard. But a lot of people don't want to do the work. Mm. Like, you really need to educate yourself. You really need to want to learn. Yeah, like, that's the biggest thing. You really need to want to learn. Mm-hmm. Like, learn how to structure a contract properly. Yeah, learn what makes a contract favorable to your client. Mm-hmm. Learn what makes a contract favorable to a club as well, because club relationships are important as well as player relationships. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? Um, being personal yeah. is really, really important. Mm-hmm. Um, being trustworthy is really important mm. as well because players don't like people they can't trust and yeah. clubs don't like people mm-hmm. they can't trust. So, yeah, I think those are the two key factors before anything else. Yeah. Because everything else you can learn. Yeah. You can learn how to negotiate with someone. Mm-hmm. You can learn what works, what doesn't work. But I don't think you can learn how to be trustworthy. Yeah, you, just, you can't see if you, you are wrong or you're not. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? For sure, for sure. Um, so yeah, that's what I'd say. And how do you kind of keep on sharpening those skills as well? Like, is it just the more you do it, the easier you get and comfortable as well? Because you're also building a company as well now. So yeah. like, how how is that kind of working as well? Because some people are just good hustlers, but then to be a good businessman, to build a company, to build a structure, mm. how how what's that process like? I'm gonna be real, man. Like it's I've never done it before. Yeah. So I don't I don't have the answers. Mm. I'm learning as I go. Mm-hmm. Um I'm, Do you have mentors or or anything that's kind of guiding you as well in that sense? Not really. I, I when I when I say when I say I'm learning as I go, it, it's in reference to your point about sharpening your tools. Mm-hmm. So um of course we've we've had success because I've been in this business now for three years. And I've worked in a company, set up my company, and sold my company mm-hmm. in the space of three years. So something is working. Mm-hmm. Do you know what for I mean? sure, for sure. I think I think sharpening your tools is just you have to have a desire to want to improve mm-hmm. every day. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, just you stagnate. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? And I think the fear of being caught by competition or not catching your competition yeah. is what stimulates that improvement. Mm-hmm. Because I see, for example, uh, what's this guy's name, man? Sky Andrews, I don't know if you've heard of that name before, but he was Sol Campbell's agent. Oh, okay. And now in the industry, nobody rates Sky Andrews. Mm. But 15, how old is Sol Campbell? Like 40. So let's yeah. say 20 years ago or 25 years ago, Sky Andrews was the big dog. Like mm. everybody knew, oh, Sky Andrews, that's Sol Campbell's agent. He's got mm-hmm. this guy, he's got that guy. And I look at that and I'm like, I don't ever want to be that person. Mm. Do you know what I mean? So his problem was he didn't evolve. Yeah. And the game changes all the time. Sure. The world changes yeah, all the time. Sure. Do you know what I mean? So, yeah, I just think you 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 have to be aware that you're not going to evolve from a comfort zone. Mm-hmm. What does evolve look like in the football agency? Very good question. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> um, the aim of the game is to have the best clients and do the biggest deals. Mm-hmm. Because if you do the biggest deals for your clients, then they're set and you're set. Mm -hmm. Because by looking after their money, you're looking after your money, right? Um, That's that's the aim of the game. But what comes with that is that if you have the biggest and best clients, then your company becomes the biggest and best company. Mm. So that evolution just looks like your client base is getting better and better. Mm -hmm. The impact you're having on your players' careers is getting better and better. Mm, yeah. And your company structure and the way your company looks is getting better and better yeah. all the time. Do you know what I mean? Mm. So I think that's what it looks like. And that should be your driver. Like, I I look at my 
client base now versus the beginning and I'm like, okay, there's a clear evolution. Mm -hmm. And then I look at the pr prospective clients that I'm talking to now versus the prospective clients I was talking to mm. a year ago. Different yeah. And I'm like, okay, there's a clear progression. Mm -hmm. yeah. Do you know what I mean? And I just think um, you you just have to be accountable to yourself mm -hmm. to allow that to happen. Yeah. Well. No, how, how would you describe the model of being a football agency? Is it, uh, being a football agent, is it more of a business or... Like, yeah, it's a business. Yeah, hundred percent. So, cool. so I just want to just circle back to my previous question in terms of if someone wakes up tomorrow mm. and decides they want to do it. Mm -hmm. Kind of what steps can they take to to do that? Because I got even friends that are, who are interested in mm. being a football agent. I'm sure people gonna, who are watching this pod, the thought has probably even crossed their mind. Yeah, mm -hmm. jumps in. So the the first thing is the, what I said before, mm -hmm. the understanding why you're doing it. Yeah. Mm. The second thing is understanding that as a football agent, your your job is so crucial. Mm -hmm. Like, you have to understand that my clients listen to what I say and have faith that what I say will be the best thing for them to do for their lives. Mm -hmm. Not just football, like their lives. Mm -hmm. um, I'm going to circle back to that point because there's a great example of Tariq Lamptey um, in that point. And then I think having that understanding and then... Um, the the best thing to do is align yourself with somebody who you think can teach you or educate you mm -hmm. on what the industry is. So, question: Let me pause you there, Rob. So, you have this individual who's interested. He doesn't know no footballers. He doesn't know no agents, no scouts, coaches, nothing like that. Yeah. He's cold. Mm. How does he then, you know, expose himself to that circle? <sighs> I think I think that's part of the, the game, so mm -hmm. to speak. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Like you have to create those you opportunities. Mm. You start somewhere. You have to create those opportunities. If you don't know someone somewhere, find them. Mm -hmm. Do you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like <laughs> how um one of my clients, Nikita Paris, how she moved to Leon. Leon is like the Real Madrid of, France, yeah. of women's football. Yeah. So the the best players play for Leon. Mm -hmm. Leon pay their players the most. They've won the most Champions Leagues or whatever. Nikita was killing it at, at Man City. And there was only one... There was only one place she could go, which mm. was Leon. I didn't have the contact for Leon. I didn't know anybody in Leon. Mm. But I knew a player that played for them. And I said, okay, can you leave me tickets for the... For, there was a Champions League game. So one guy that I know, he speaks French. At this point, I couldn't speak any French. So I was like, bro, can you speak French now? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So I was like, bro, can you come with me to, to this game? I, I need you to translate for me. So on the on the way there, I'm sitting on the computer, I'm finding out who's who at Leon, who I need to speak to, taking a picture of on my phone. And after the game, we're in the players' lounge. I'm literally looking at my phone, like, looking at people's faces. Okay. No, that's not you. That's not you. Found the person we need to speak to. Boom. I said, okay, bro, come, let's go. When I spoke to the person, Basically said, I heard you're interested in Nikita Paris. That's a lie. I didn't, I didn't know that they were. <laughs> and then they were like, uh, okay, wait there. Then when I got someone, they came back to us and they're like, are you her agent? I said, yeah. They said, okay, cool. Um, we'll fly you out next week. I want to sit down about doing a deal for her. So it's like, the point of that story was to say, I didn't know anyone there. So when you're saying, if somebody doesn't know anybody, mm -hmm. Find, be resourceful Yeah just, yeah, use just your resources. Figure out a way yeah. To but I think find that person It's definitely much easier Said than done Because then People have the thought Of, of doubt Then Like 
they even doubt their own confidence. Mm. Are they even ready to even speak to this person? Mm. How are they going to even communicate? Do you know what I mean? They obviously, because they're, they're doing that, the unknown, they're going into unknown territory. Yeah. Um, but no, yeah, I definitely hear what you're saying. I'm definitely a, a big advocate for that as well. Yeah, yeah, no, that's that's so good. So also, is that is kind of like um, what other like habits were you able to build for you to really get yourself in kind of that that kind of mind frame where you're like, regardless of where it takes, I'm gonna find a way. Like, what 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 habits would you say have have served you really well in everything you're doing now? Resilience, mm. mm-hmm. bro. Like. <sighs> Without going too deep into it, because sometimes it's very difficult to talk about because I don't really talk about it anymore. Mm-hmm. But you have to realize when you when you have a cardiac arrest, yeah, you die. Like mm-hmm. your heart stops beating. Mm-hmm. My heart stopped beating for nine minutes. Mm-hmm. So in essence, I was I was gone. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And the realization that in an instant, everything that you think is important. Yeah. You no longer have control over, for sure. or you can't impact. Mm-hmm. It's gone. Mm-hmm. That just drives me every single day because mm-hmm. it's like, okay, like you said, um, someone might not have the confidence to speak to someone, mm-hmm. but it's it's the world is a tough place, isn't it? Word. So really and truly, it's like if you don't have the confidence, then just force yourself to do it mm-hmm. because you might never have that chance again. Yeah, for mm-hmm. sure. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, so I say resilience definitely. Stemming from um, me going through that whole mm-hmm. ordeal mm-hmm. and just wanting to be, wanting to, wanting to do something great. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Just, yeah, that that word greatness has, has been with me from such a young age. Mm. The first time I, I watched, um, yeah, there's a film called Express, The Express. It's about mm-hmm. Ernie Davies and he was the first African-American uh well, he wasn't in the NFL yet, but uh, American football player yeah. to win the Heisman Trophy. Yeah. And... Um, yeah, I've seen it. You've seen it? That, that film touched me differently. Mm, like, I was, I think I was 13 or 14, and I remember sitting on my computer, um, you know, when you have those streaming... Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, I remember crying. Mm. Like, the film touched me. Mm. And there's a... I think it's, it's Corinthians. I can't remember the... A specific verse, but within that, it's the verse that says, um, "By the grace of God, I am what I am," mm. and His and His grace to me was not without effect. Mm. Yet, even though I worked harder than all of them, it was by God's grace and not mine mm. that I am where I am. And for me, that was like raw. Yeah, I didn't really know what it meant mm. at the time, mm. but I was like, "That's powerful, powerful, mm. like really, really powerful." Mm. And that stuck with me from. For a very long time, and even the the name of my um, company, Magna Sports, like Magna is Latin for greatness. Mm. Do you know what I'm saying? So that is that's that's that alongside resilience is my my driving factor. For sure, bro. It's so. yeah. powerful. A lot of people let that guy miss. Mm. Like anything you do, regardless of religion, you Buddhist, Muslim, um, Jewish. Mm. God has to be at the center of everything. Mm. Do you know what I'm saying? Because mm. without Him, it's, it doesn't mean anything. Yeah. Do you, do you know what I'm saying? Um, and I've I've always I've always realized that right. Like, I've always been a Christian, all that stuff. But I think it's only recently I, I had kind of woke up with some of the coffees like raw. Like God actually needs to be the center of everything. Yeah. Yeah. Everything. Yeah. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah. So 
No, and also like like you said, that realization that like, your your um situation with the cardiac arrest and also like kind of like Alex and I were talking about that like, also just like losing a loved one or understanding mm-hmm. that we're all on limited time yeah. and mm-hmm. we don't have that long. So there's no point of deliberating whether it's I should do tall. something. Mm, that like, once it sits in you, you might as well do it. Do you yeah, know what I mean? Man. So that's that's really amazing to hear, and that's also kind of something that people also should really use as a driving force yeah. like you do, just knowing that you're on limited time. So make the most out of your time regardless yeah. of whether it's comfortable or not. Yeah. So, yeah, so that's, yeah, that's really, really amazing, amazing and, to and hear. To, just to add to that, where, where we're from, we, we don't have, we don't have the luxury of being able to second guess what mm. we're going to do. Because I, I don't know what anybody's situations here are, mm-hmm. but I'm going to generalize and say that we're all from probably similar backgrounds, right? Yeah. 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 Parents aren't English. Mm-hmm. Okay, cool. So for, for me, it's like, if I don't do my thing, I can't say, oh, dad, can you bust me? Yeah, for sure. Can you hold out your bridging? Can I get that? We don't have that privilege. No, I have that. So you have to get it. Mm -hmm. And and ultimately, our parents, I'll speak for my parents. My parents came to this country and did jobs that they were overqualified to do. for sure. But they were the only jobs they could get. Mm -hmm. So financially, they were not in positions to support and sustain themselves for the future. Mm -hmm. So it's like, okay, when you come of age... You're now grafting for yourself, but you're also grafting to pay back yeah, for sure. what your parents did. Do you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So we we don't we don't have the luxury to say, yeah, I want to do it, but or yeah, but it's gonna take a year, eighteen yeah. months before. Right? If it takes a year, eighteen months, then do it. Mm-hmm. Word for sure. Do you know what I mean? Delay gratification is the best kind of yeah, gratification. 100%. So. I was talking about that earlier, bro. Yeah, yeah. yeah. 100% agree. No, that's yeah, that's that's amazing, and and that's actually facts as well. Just understanding that there was so much sacrifice made for us, and mm. we gotta be able to repay them for that as well, and using that as a, as a driving factor mm. as well. Yeah. Um, but my question is also like, so funny enough, in the last episode we talked about this kind of how from our backgrounds, there's a lot of figures that kind of sound crazy to us, but when you're in the football agency world, you're seeing commas. How are you kind of able to, like, not limit yourself in that sense? Like, where you're like, raw, like, how is, how am I getting, how am I asking for 25% of this? Like, how are you able to kind of fix your mind frame? Because I feel like, or, or do you not relate? Because obviously you're coming from playing football from young. Like, where you kind of, what was your relationship like with money beforehand? Like, how did you view money and stuff like that? Terrible. Because mm. I never had it. Mm. So when you say terrible, was was you always holding on to it, or it's like no? I was listening to I was listening to to Fredo's Daily Duppy in it, yeah, and he was like something along the lines of didn't come from wealth. So that when I got money, the first thing I bought was a bus down yeah, in a box. Yeah. Do you yeah. know what I'm saying? Yeah, not a house. As Shub says, so it's like mm. I know how I was. I just went brazy with it. Yeah. Do you know what I'm saying? And I realized, oh shit, I, I can't be doing that. Yeah, um, <laughs> yeah, that was me still. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, man. But did that ever hold you, like, when it came to discussing figures and stuff like that, were you ever selling yourself short or... Uh, At the beginning, Mm. because I didn't really not... I thought I knew what I was doing, but looking back now, like, there are some deals that I did and I was like, bro, what Mm. the... Mm. You could have done this, that, and the third. Yeah. But I didn't know. That's the process. Mm -hmm. That's not because of the financial side Mm -hmm. of things, but talking... To answer your question, no, because of our backgrounds, my background, I don't sell myself short, but 
<laughs> I laughed when he said it and I looked at you because it goes back to the Tariq situation. Mm-hmm. And there was a club, I don't know what it is, Lil wanted to sign him from Chelsea. Mm-hmm. And I actually wanted him to go to Lil because they're just renowned for producing unbelievable players. Mm-hmm. Like he played three games for Chelsea at this point, but we all knew that he needed to leave Chelsea. So it was between Lille and Brighton. Mm-hmm. Brighton is a is the was the best option in the UK. I thought Lille was the best option overall, but he wanted to go to to Brighton, right? So we've negotiated both contracts. I went to Lille, sat down with Lewis Campos, um, sat down with Mark Ingler. Mark Ingler is the guy that signed Ronaldinho at, at Barca. Mm. And Luis mm. Campos is the guy that discovered Hazard and Mbappe and mm. Benzema and Aye. everyone else. <laughs> See, I know what project Mbappe is. I know what that <laughs> one is. <laughs> you get into the room in the office and it's just... Sometimes sometimes when when I go to these places, I'm like, bro. Yeah, mm. that's, that's, that's what I'm thinking. Like, how how is how does it feel to be around these type of people? It's, it's, no. It feels it feels it feels normal. It yeah. feels like that's where I should be. For, mm. Yeah, I love that. I don't feel out of place. Mm-hmm. But what you I shouldn't. what I meant when I said wow is like you, you you're doing all right. Yeah. Mm. Do you know what I mean? So in Lille they got a big red table, and that's like that's the negotiating table. Mm. Everybody in football knows at a certain level. When you're sitting around the red table, it's, it's kind of long still. Mm. I went there by myself. This is the first, like, multi-million pound deal that I've mm. done. So, there's Luis Campos, Mark Ingler, some other guy, and some finance guy. So, it's like four of one. Mm. So, we're talking, 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 talking. And then it gets to the figures. So, mm. it gets to the, the commission side of things. And the keys is written down on a piece of paper. It's like a movie, bro. Mm. He's written down the numbers on a piece of paper. And then he's written down another. Then he's written down another. Mm. Then he's folded the paper and he's passed it across the table. <laughs> and I'm saying, they're like, bro, you could just tell me what it is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so anyway, so I take it and bruh, I open it. And this is where it's long because... You can't show nothing on your face. Yeah. You got the poker face. But bro, when I saw the number, <laughs> I was like, Ey. and then I was like, okay, it's okay. Um, <laughs> I'll speak to the boy's dad, but I think he he, he might want you to do better because mm. he's got better options in England. Shoot. In my mind, I'm dancing in my head. <laughs> I'm like, Ross, I've I've done this. Like, yeah, Mum, you're going here. <laughs> You're de- like, just, yeah, it was You're a lot. Already still. Planning. I hate you. Right? Yeah, there was a lot. It was, it was, it was north of seven figures. Wow. So, yeah. Jesus. It was beautiful. Mm. So, in that moment, it's like, fam. Yeah, like five, five of us in a two bedroom flat in Elephant. Mm, wow. Then we move out to Bexley. Mm. And then it's like, you, you just don't think that's a lie. That's no, because I always knew. Mm. I always knew. But when you see it, it's yeah, different. Yeah, yeah, yeah. For, for Do you real. know what I mean? Mm. So I was just like, bro. So this that's what it looks like. Yeah. Mm. Do you know what I mean? Um, but then when I got back in the in my car, because I drove, because Lil's not far, okay. I just got on the train and then with the car. Um, when I got back in the car, 
<laughs> I called my brother. I was like, yo, <laughs> this is what these guys just offered. Da, da, da. But this is why I rate my brother because it was like, yeah, just that's sick, but Keep it calm. Let's get back you. to work, innit? Yeah. So I was like, all right, same that. So I'm driving back and I'm thinking, thinking, what's the best option? What's the best option? Sat down with him and his family and we decided the best option was Brighton. Mm. Even though the, the piece Brighton put in front of us was way less than, mm. than Lil. But then it goes back to the delay gratification that we're talking about. Mm. Do you know what I mean? Mm. So it's like, I think a lot of people who haven't seen money yeah. would be like to their client, Yo, yeah. you need to sign this. Now, like yeah. I'm trying to get a bus now. Mm. You get me? Mm. Like, you know what I'm saying? Serious. Mm. So, yeah, I think yeah, it was just. No, that's dope. I feel like that also comes down to bigger players. Where in terms of integrity, mm. you're mm. building your personal brand in a sense of you want the best for your players all the time, like you said. So, like you're not like and the delay gratification as well. Not just going for like. The figures that you see right now, but also mm-hmm. knowing that in the long run it'll pay off as well because mm-hmm. you did right by by your player as well. But in a situation like that, how are you kind of able to also just in sense of you saying you wanted them to go there, maybe because like you said, they're renowned for making the blessed players. How are you kind of be able to give like how can you be favorable for both? Like say like this is what's best for you, but this is what you want. Like how the situations like that play out? Because they were both good options. Mm. I just thought one was better than the other. Okay, but yeah. they were both very good options. Like, mm. whichever one he picked, I would have been happy. Mm-hmm. Mm. But, yeah, the one he picked has worked out amazingly for him right now because he's, he's flying. Yeah. He's doing really, really well. That's really good. And yeah. when did you kind of start going into, like, female football as well? Was that when you started or just further along the line? Did you see a niche there? Or, or how was that? How that come about? So, f- three things. I saw a niche because I was like, the game's... In its infancy, mm-hmm. yeah. and it can only get bigger, mm-hmm. which means that the revenues will only get bigger. Mm. And the second thing was, um, like I said, you you don't make money straight away. So I was like, yeah. I can definitely sign top female players quicker than I can sign top male players. Mm-hmm. So that's what I did. I went and signed top female players, mm-hmm. um, and then the third thing was just thinking back to the growth of the game. Like, when it does grow, I want to be in a position where I'm one of the most respected agents in women's mm-hmm. football, mm-hmm. which, thankfully, I, I now am, in England at least, mm-hmm. um, because five, five of our clients are all, they start for England. Mm. Solid. So, Solid. yeah. But the women's game, you have to look at it as its own game. Like, mm-hmm. I think a lot of people try to compare it to yeah. The men's game. Mm-hmm. You can't compare a sport that has only really come to prominence in the last yeah. 15 years yeah. to a sport that's been dominating years. global sport mm-hmm. for over 100 years. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So, so yeah, but no, our, our clients are amazing, man. That's dope, yeah, man. That's dope. Do you also have, like, other plans of, like, other sports? Like, um... Like, I'm not, so I'm a big fan of ballers. So yeah. like that's that's what made me wanted to. I wanted to get more into like um, wealth management, yeah. like personal finance for for these football players and stuff. Because like the ballers is just an amazing show. But like, do you have plans on expanding into like different kind of fields? Because those skills you learn now are also transferable. Just in terms of like being a broker, mm. being a middleman, being able to connect the dots mm. as well. Do you have any other interest in, in stuff like that as well? Hundred percent. When I've locked down the football side of mm-hmm. things. Do you know what I mean? I think I'd, I wouldn't want to try and run before, yeah. run to something else before this 
section of what I'm trying to build mm-hmm. is is completely patterned. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? Is that is that the same for even just kind of just taking a uh, a slight step aside um, from football? So it could be you know just investing in something mm-hmm. or just doing a little side project. But listen, I I think anything's possible. Mm-hmm. I I don't know if I'm going to be an agent in ten years. Yeah, I don't know if I'm going to be an agent in five years. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think I will be, but I don't know. Do yeah, you know what yeah, I mean yeah. like. But again, the bubble, the bubble mentality of football, I used to think you can only do one thing and be one thing mm. and you shouldn't try and jump between different things. But yeah. now it's like, why not? Mm-hmm. Why can't I want to be a music producer yeah. in 10 years? Mm-hmm. Or an actor? Mm-hmm. I mean, I'd be dead, but... <laughs> so, no, so yeah, I, I think I'm definitely not limiting myself to one sport mm-hmm. and I'm definitely not limiting myself to just being an agent because yeah. I have a lot of different interests yeah, yeah no, well. for sure and yeah even even with that as well like you you got your foundation yeah um how 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 is that going like how did you kind of come about it what's your what's your plans for it just a bit more info and how can people also support with that as well so the foundation I started as a result of my uh, cardiac arrest yeah. um and having to stop playing football because I was just like what what I experienced for someone who was playing at the level I was playing at mm-hmm. for a championship club, I shouldn't like it shouldn't have been allowed for me to get to that position where I could have lost my life. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So like I was fuming. So I set up my my charity and we started working with the PFA mm-hmm. and the Premier League and whatever. Um and then What's it called? Sorry? The Heart for More Foundation. Mm. And um we started to do loads of work in the community because I started to learn more about cardiac health yeah. and how it really affects young people yeah. like you wouldn't associate heart issues with young yeah, people yeah for sure but it affects loads of young yeah. people mm. and then also how it affects people of our heritage yeah, yeah, more yeah. than people of a uh, Caucasian heritage mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying so yeah I just I just it became a big passion of mine we did loads of work in the community between 2013 and 2017 18 mm-hmm. Um, we'd done some work in South Africa, oh. which was amazing. Um, and now I've kind of scaled back the operation for the charity mm-hmm. because I'm so invested in my business. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I'm saying? And the reason for that is because I've, yeah, I'm a bit of a control freak. Mm-hmm. So I, I need it to be done in a specific way. Right. And if it's not done that way, I'd just rather it not be done. Yeah, really. I get you. Do, you, know I mean? do you. Does that mean you kind of have problems like letting other people, like delegating roles and getting other people involved in a sense? I used to. Okay. I used to, but I, I don't know. Oh, that's that's amazing. How are you able to break past that? Because I, I see it all the time. A lot of people kind of, when it's time to scale up, they kind of <clears throat> don't want to let go of it. How are you able to kind of let go of it to in order to actually get bigger and scale? Because I I knew I didn't like it. Mm-hmm. And I knew that if I didn't like it, then it... If I knew I didn't like it, and I did it, it would make me better. Mm-hmm. So that's why I just did it. Yeah. Because I think, I think it's so key that once you understand that you're actually putting a glass ceiling on yourself trying to mm-hmm. spin so many plates yeah. and you can kind of get more doing yeah. less as yeah, well, yeah. it kind of takes you to, to that next level yeah. as well, which is... How did you actually come to that real realization? Because a lot of people that I've noticed they don't even know their own weaknesses and what hold them back. Yeah. So how did you actually come to that? I just you just gotta be honest with yourself, <laughs> yeah, man. Yeah. Like, we don't generally we people 
people in general don't want to be honest with themselves. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like you, you, you know the things you don't like about yourself, mm-hmm. and you just ignore it. Yeah. Or you just don't deal with it. And there's so many things. I think it comes with growing up as well. Yeah. Self awareness. Like Self awareness. Well. Yeah. There's so many things that I've learned about myself over the last kind of three years. Mm-hmm. Um. That have completely changed my mentality and my outlook. Mm. Yeah. And I think looking back to when I was at base, I went to well, I went into base with a certain arrogance. Mm. Mm. Um, and if I had the arrogance that I had then, now with this merger, the mm. acquisition that we've done with my company, it fell. Mm. So there's there's things that it's so hard, man. There's things that I I would look at now that people do or say, mm. and I'm like, and I just keep quiet. Mm. I just think, okay, mm. this is what you would have done back yeah. then. Mm-hmm. Don't do it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, yeah, No, that's that's amazing. That's oh, amazing. So, agree. also, yeah, big congratulations on the merger. Thank you. Yes, that's that's Hard. amazing. Thank you. What are kind of your your next plans? Like, what do you have in the works? Like, where do you see yourself? I, I don't really, I don't really like this question either. But kind of, what are your plans for the future? What you got right now, and how can people also help as well? Uh, just to succeed man. Mm-hmm. Mm. I think it's I think it's unfair I think you should have a plan mm-hmm. But I think it's It can be limiting to say This is what this is where I want to be in five mm-hmm. years mm-hmm. For sure yeah Do you know what I mean So I, I know what the success looks like mm-hmm. And that's what I want mm-hmm. But how long it will take Yeah I don't know yeah, mm. no, really good answer. I, I, I do definitely, definitely agree with that. So, where can our listeners find you? Mm. Um, where can they reach out to you if possible? Socials, socials, or email. Okay, but what's your my socials? On my socials. All right, what's your socials? It's just Toby Alabi. Underscore, I think, on Instagram. Yeah, no, we, we can put that in there. I, delete, the... I deleted my Twitter, man. Oh yeah, no, I hate. Yeah, well, I'll put the... it in the description. Yeah, we'll put that. that in I deleted my Twitter. Yeah, Twitter. I, 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 I hear that. I'm, I'm, it's I'm, it's a heavy place. It's not. Yeah, it's not as fun as Instagram. Yeah, Twitter's tough, man. And because, yeah, see me when I see people say dumb things, mm-hmm. I really want to speak. Mm. <laughs> nah, I get you. You have to fight it. So I just deleted it. Yeah, mm. nah, I get you, bro. No, but I missed the banner. I missed the, the banner on Twitter's undefeated. Well, you, you nah, see, you see on Instagram like two weeks after. Yeah, you see on, mad. you see on Shade Room or something like yeah, that. Yeah, no, it always flows over. Why are you waiting for yeah. Shade Room to read the dance? Like it always flows over. So that's amazing. Um, quickly before we wrap up, we always have like a word for the week. Um, so do you have any word for the week for our listeners going into this new week? That's to get them pumped. Uh, word. Singular word yeah, phrase. It could be, it could be two words. Whatever's it's sitting on your mind. Forever. Um, I don't know. I'm sorry, man. You could give your scripture if you want. Mm. Yeah. I think. I think. Nah. Do you know what? I, I think. Um. I think it's just growth in it because that's a lot of what we've spoken about mm-hmm. today. Mm-hmm. Um. Just try to grow every day. Mm-hmm. Like even if it's fine, fine, fine margins. Yeah. Um, there's a there's a book that I read called The Compound Effect. Yes, that's one of my favorite. Yeah, he's books. always banging on consistency. Yeah, because consistency does compound. It into my head. Still. It does yeah. compound, mm-hmm. if, even if it's just a little change yeah. in a day, like you said. Yeah, it definitely compounds. But also, one there's something that oh, you don't mind. I don't know if I press for time. No, it's all good, bro. Yeah, it's there's something that really um, bugs me. Mm-hmm. 
about people that I like or care about, um, which is a lot of people. Mm-hmm. Like, every, we we all say the right things. When we speak, we all know that, like, yeah, yeah, we, this is the answer to that and mm-hmm. you got to do this and you got to do that. Mm-hmm. But I was having this conversation with my brother the other day. So many people have the answers to why things don't go the way they want it to yeah. go. Mm-hmm. But their situation doesn't change. Mm-hmm. It's execution. Yeah. People lack, everyone's motivated to do something. They just don't execute. Mm-hmm. And I think, I think that is what it should be a focus. Mm-hmm. Because everybody's got the answers. Mm-hmm. You know. You know what it takes. Mm-hmm. It's just Actually about putting doing it, it to yeah. Putting it into practice mm-hmm. and, and being consistent with it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? So yeah, that I just wanted to. Can I? Can I? Yeah, just off the back of what you just said, it's just that it's a phrase I always say is called "get it cracking." Mm. Like if you want to do something, if you even if you're even if you know you're not gonna do it the right way, mm-hmm. just get it cracking. cracking and you just learn mm. as you as you go. You yeah. Know what I'm yeah. Dope, dope, dope. Amazing, man. Thank you so much yeah, for coming man. on the podcast. Thanks for having me, man. Guys, this was his first one. He said he usually turns them down. So. <laughs> It it's a great honor. honor. Make sure you listen to this. Let's do this twice. Yeah, twice. <laughs> yeah. I say three times, to be oh, honest. Three times. But amazing, man. Thank you so much, bro. We really do appreciate and I'm you. sure our listeners appreciate yeah, as well. Man. Alex, closing words. Guys, like, subscribe, follow, send us a message, email, all that good stuff. If you want to get in contact with us, uh, if you want to ask us any questions, hit us up on the DMs. We see every DM. Sometimes you can't always reply, but we, we see. We, we, we try our best. Um, and yeah, man, there you have it. Another Thank episode again. of Hustle Thank Smart, guys. And, you know, our guest, Toby. Thank you so much. Thank you, man. Thank you. And guys, remember to focus on things that move, move the needle. needle. As always. Bow. Bow.